1: The following movie, Beyond the Time Barrier, is brought to you by Triangles. Triangles, won't you? Thank you. A crack Air Force test pilot flies the world's newest experimental plane
0: faster than sound. Faster than time itself. Beyond the Time Barrier. Hello, Allison. This is Mark. Do you read me, kid? I think something's wrong! 64 years into the terrifying future. A beautiful, horrible, cave world we never dreamed of. A beautiful girl. And love. Mankind was made sterile in a great cosmic plague. A new Adam and Eve are the only male and female left to repopulate the world. I value my freedom. More than this. So you will attempt this escape even though we try and stop you. Yes. The jealousy of a she devil frees the bloodthirsty killer slaves. Follow me, soldiers of revenge! I'll lead you to the captain, to food, to freedom! <laughs> 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 the last survivors of the human race are doomed to murder in a killer orgy by vicious subhuman events. Will you die 64 years from today? We challenge you to see the most terrifying
1: picture ever made. See the picture of your life. Or death. Hello out there in listener land. You've, uh, this is Slow Robot A Go show number eight. Um, my name is Mao, coming to you from the land of K-pop and sitting on the floor while you eat. And your ass goes numb. Okay, as the promo has pointed out, today's show is beyond is going to be reviewing the movie Beyond the Time Barrier. Beyond the Time Barrier is a uh, basically a 1960s Cold War era uh, time travel science fiction movie. Um, it was filmed in 10 days in the country of Texas. Just ask them. So basically. Um I I really uh love time travel movies. Of all the science fiction um movies that I I seek them out. I seek out time travel um ones they're right up there w- with Godzilla movies in my world. I I enjoy them. I think the limitless possibilities is always so awesome. Problem is most time travel movies don't really deliver the goods um I like them but I stand in the minority <laughs> they're usually very hit and miss um, and I'm not sure you can never really tell where they go wrong they usually just do this one um, is enjoyable it's another one of those that doesn't that's pretty light on plot <laughs> it's just um well, I'll just I'll I'll go over the plot as usual, and then we'll come back around to my thoughts. Basically, in 1960, um, the star is test. He's a test pilot. He's test piloting a new rocket. Um, it's a powerful turbo craft. Uh, the turbo engines and all this and that and the other thing. It's the uh, it it goes into subspace. You know, as this test as the test goes on and and it it varies it, it like they go into some mumbo jumbo but basically it it uh the suborbital uh, space flight uh, he loses contact and when he lands the area i mean he's he's only gone for 30 minutes but when he lands of course he's in he traveled into the future you know he lands in the air is abandoned and old and very um dilapidated and uh he doesn't really know what the heck's going on, and so it turns out that he he tra- he went through time and he landed in the year 2024 in the future. So he's confusedly stumbling around, and one of the, one of the things that I, I actually like laughed out loud. He, you know, like that startled piano sound that um like the the the, the sudden high keys are hit. And it kind of draws you into the movie a little bit, or like makes you wake up if you know out of a lull. In this movie, he, the the star actually puts his hand on a piano, a dilapidated piano, uh, and that's what makes the sound. You know, usually it's just done in the in the background. I, I I can't remember the last time that a star, of, well air quote star of a movie actually places his hands and does it the the, the that piano key, it, you know on screen. So, whatever, moving on. So, he stumbles around a little while and then he looks off into the future and the f- or looks off into the into the lands and the distance and he sees basically like charred remains and then this glistening white city. I was looking for a sign that said like other side of the tracks somewhere because it's almost like a line is drawn. It was very funny. So he goes, hmm, and he starts walking towards the blissful white city instead of the charred smoking remains. So, as he's walking towards this, uh, this, this, um, city, which is called, uh, the, dystrophia, um, no, it's the citadel, that's what it is. Okay, I, I, he, so this is the citadel that he's walking towards, and then, um, They knock him out telepathically with some kind of ray, and uh, they go get him and bring him into the city. And he's obviously very confused. And um, they're asking him questions, and he's not answering. One of the things that I often find very frustrating, and I don't know why it's written this way. It's written this way a lot. Where someone's being questioned... And both sides are, like, not asking or answering like a human would, like a normal person. Like, the the questioning is very odd, and the answers are even more odd and belligerent. And it escalates, and you're like, why aren't people just asking normal questions? Like, wouldn't you just be like... If somebody's all confused, wouldn't you be like, what, "What? Where? What is this? Where am I?" You know, obviously he 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 doesn't get that he's in the future yet, even though that the, the place he landed is dilapidated, even though it's it's what he recognizes. It's obviously aged, and he's walking towards a futuristic space city, and he doesn't ask, "Hey, what's the date?" Like, wouldn't you assume that in the twenty minutes you were up in the air? That a big gigantic city wouldn't spring up out of the ground. I mean, wouldn't that be a a thing? So whatever. I'm gonna drop in the recorded part of the recorded um, question line of questioning that that the um, that the 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 flight captain goes through with the members of this Citadel the the um, beautiful city. It's pretty funny, cause the the leader is like an an el an older fellow. And then, like the, uh, the 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 captain of that of the Citadel's army is like the most Russian guy. He's more Russian than the Russian from Street Fighter. That's how Russian he is. And it's just hilarious. So I'm gonna drop in this interrogation clip. So uh, I'll be back as soon as this is over. Enjoy. I don't understand. There will be time for understanding
0: if you are cooperative. Now, tell us of your image. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. I'm sorry. You know very well what we're talking about. You're not the first spy we've ever captured. What do you mean, spy? I ask some civil questions. I expect some civil answers. I want some answers. What is this you're wearing? This symbol? What is this? two devices to deceive us, Master. We've seen such guys as before. They do not fool us. It would be wise to tell us all you know. Major William Allison, United States Air Force, sir. Serial number 03564629. That's all I'm required to tell you. I will use other measures, Supreme. I will get to the truth. Wake up. Major, we have saved your life. You would have been captured by the mutants. Won't you cooperate with us? With your permission, sir. What was your purpose in coming here? I don't have any purpose. You lie. You were spying on our solar energy installation. How did you find us? you? I don't even know where I am. You're searching for Carl Krauss and Dr. Borman. You're one of them, aren't you? I never heard of them. Where are your people living? Would you really like to know, Captain? Yes, of course I want to know. Well, at this very minute, I don't know myself. Captain, he's impossible. You're one of the skates, admit it. I'm an officer of the United States Air Force. I'd like someone to tell me something that makes them sense. Other nations, mutants, what kind of talk is this? He is very clever, my Supreme, but I have a plan.
1: I can use him to our advantage. Triane does not approve of your plan,
0: Captain. She has found some truth in the major's thoughts. I do not trust him, especially his thoughts. Even Terena could be deceived.
1: There you go. And that's the kind of thing you can expect when you watch this movie. That kind of smooth, beautiful dialogue. And if you have a sarcasm meter at your house, it just exploded. So basically the the leader's daughter, um Terengi Tereng Terrain, Terrain. Not soup terrain, just terrain. Um she's she, she she can sense people. She she knows their thoughts. So she says, No no, he's good and he's just genuinely confused Which is if he really knew if she could really read his mind she'd be like, Oh, uh yeah he thinks it's the nineteen sixties so that thing but whatever moving on let's not point out any uh, plot f- holes in this movie so basically they let him walk around because um in their wonderful triangular world this movie is is dripping with triangles even the wipes are triangle so wow and uh first well first they throw him in into into the, the the commander, you know, the the Russian, throws him into the, um, into the, like, uh, the basement pit. And the basement pit's filled with bald, violent mutants who, uh, who seek to kill everyone they can. Which, why they would be kept, I don't know, like, in a post-apocalyptic world. Are you gonna keep your enemies around? Wouldn't you just shoot them? I don't know. So... They try to they try to jump the future traveler and he beats them up and puts the leader in an armbar and says I don't understand what's going on so he's gaining little pieces of information they basically say well you know we're mutants caused by you know cosmic radiation and no 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 they don't say cosmic radiation yet they just say we're mutants and you left us you let this happen to us and and the, the 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 citadel people are mutants too they're just a different stage of mutation. So, basically, you know, then then it it's literally like a minute he's in there, and then they come down and they get him out, and they're like, oh, okay, well, they, we decided that we're going to let you just have the free reign of the place. Turns out, uh, Soup Terrain, you know, got the hots for him, and, uh, one of the things that they kind of discover is that everyone's sterile. Everyone in, in the Citadel is deaf-mute, except for the Russian and the leader, and everyone is sterile so their their race is dying and you know soup terrain is like hey here's somebody that's not mutated let's get busy with this adam and eve so there's also what happens is they 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 take him to a group of scientists and these scientists are um they call them scapes because what what happen is they escaped um the mutation, because they too have come through time, but they're kind of being held prison, prisoner. You know, there's um, there's a Russian captain who came from 73, and then there's uh, what the heck, two that came from 94. So, and even though they're German and and Russian, they all speak English, so why not? So basically, I don't even think they have accents. I think they just actually speak english so they kind of tell they kind of uh clue in the the our hero you know captain Squarejaw. they clue him in that of all the stuff like basically what happens is the atomic testing causes um a uh cosmic like a, uh, what the hell is the name of it? They say, you know, in 1971, a cosmic plague, that's what it was. Uh, a cosmic plague hits the earth, and basically, you know, since 1971, you know, there's been this cosmic plague that's been mutating people. And it, of course, it's from the atom bomb testing, because that apparently has made Godzilla. Yay, that's a plus. And it's also blown up. Um, it's furthered the plot of the last Indiana Jones movie, so that's another plus. On the downside, it's unleashed the Cosmic Plague. That's apparently been happening since 1971. That's the negative. So basically, the Cosmic Plague, um, he's from before that time. So now they they deduce, hey, if you go back, you can stop it. And But then he's torn because now he's falling in love with soup terrain. And um, so... Basically, they still go through with the plot to send him back to his time. If he can get back to 1960, he can warn everyone and say, Hey, let's not do the P- Cosmic Plague. Sounds like a like a dance. Let's do the Cosmic Plague. And I, if I ever get into a band, I'm going to start a Cosmic Plague stomp. So basically, he... Um, Soup Terrain knows because he she can read his thoughts, so she's all like, "Oh, okay, I'll help you." Well, she doesn't say that because she doesn't talk, but she nods a lot and she nods to the plan. So then they go and they release the mutants out of the cellar to cause chaos, to, so he can run to his ship and they, he puts on the world's most unappealing flight suit. Um, for a lot of the time in this movie, this this dude runs around in a very Uh you know like those motion capture suits where they put like little ping pong balls all over them the black well it's, it looks kind of like that but less flattering so yeah so they put the flight suit on and then there's these these crazy bald mutants running around screaming like like people laughing with monkey chatter mixed in it's very odd um so they uh they are beating up the guards and then the, um, the Russian turns the, Ru- there's the, so there's the three scientists and Captain Squarejaw and Soup Terrain. And the three scientists, um, the first of all, the Russian lady turns on them and says, no, no, I'm going back to 73. And then she gets shot by, uh, General Klaus. And that's actually his name. So then then general klaus gets shot by Borman. so basically they're they're going through all these no no i'm going back to 1994 even though this makes no logical sense whatsoever you know it's just one of those dumb things for cuz first square jaws like and i'm taking soup terrain back with me cuz i love her now and and then the then the russian was like no you can't and then 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 she gets shot and then they're running towards the ship and then the next guy turns like i'm going back to 1994 again doesn't make any sense so then he gets shot so then, finally, the the last guy goes, no, no, give me your flight suit. I'm t- I'm going back. So then they struggle. The gun goes off. Shoots Soup Terrain. She falls down. Captain Square Jaw um, takes out this jerk. So now, you know he's he's laying there and in, in holding this holding Terrain, which I just am naming her Soup Terrain. So they're holding. He's holding Soup Terrain, and she doesn't say anything because she's deaf mute. But she hands him a ring, and then he carries her around this place and puts her on the desk of the grandfather. Oh, that's what I forgot. It's not his father. the 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 leader of this place is her grandfather. So, whatever. Um, so then the grandfather says, "Oh, you must go back and try to save us and all that jazz." So then he flies back, and and uh, what happens is when he lands, he ages the sixty-four years, even though he's been gone for thirty minutes. Like, they do this weird double exposure thing when he veers off into the future. They basically take the, pi- the the film and they like lift, they li- they show it lifting off a little bit, and then they show it coming back in. Like when he comes back, they show the two things like lifting back together. It's a pretty neat effect, actually. I actually like the way they did that. No logical sense, but who cares? So basically, then he's laying in the bed, and um and they're like, oh, it's so terrible, you know. He's he's of sound mind and. And then he just goes off in this tent. Cosmic plague, cosmic plague. He's he's yelling around and acting like a fool. And then they, uh and like that's pretty much it, you know. Then 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 the generals in the room go, hmm, we have a lot to think about. Don't worry, I've recorded it. So that's the end of the show. Uh, all in all, it was a cheaply made. You know, the budget was 125 thousand. Um, I did get a message from our friend Val. Let's see, let's see. I told him beforehand what what he uh, what I was reviewing. So here's a long letter about Beyond the Time Barrier from our friend Val. Listener email. Beyond the Time Barrier is an interesting movie. Robert Clark, the lead, just had just finished starring and directing The Hideous Sun Demon. The Sun Demon is a neat creature feature movie with a cool-looking lizard monster. Hmm, that might be in the future. Clark was also in The Incredible Petrified World, From the Earth to the Moon, Terror of the Bloodhunters, and lots of TV shows, including an episode of uh, Cold Check, The Night Stalker. i never heard of that. Okay. Um, Edgar Ulmer, the director, was actually a pretty great director. He directed The Black Cat with Bela Lugosi and Boris Korloff, Bluebeard with John Carradine, and the film classic... Uh, the film noir classic *Detour*. He was a set designer on *Metropolis* and *M* with Peter Lohr. Uh He also directed *The Man from Planet X* and *The Daughter of Dr. Jekyll* in the 50s. Arthur C. Pierce, the writer, was also involved in a few low-budget b- sci-fi, um, sci-fi's in the 60s. Um, actually, you know what? The one- oh, he okay. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say something that I knew about this movie, but Val mentions it. His first work was 1959's The Cosmic Man, starring John Carradine, that had many of the same ideas as The Day the Earth Stood Still. Pierce then wrote the screenplay for Beyond the Time Barrier. Um, This was a low-budget film designed to exploit the time machine, 1960s film. Pierce also appeared as one of the mutants. That's what I was going to say. I knew that the writer um, actually appeared as one of the mutants. I don't know which one, but... You know, who cares? Okay, renowned and typecast uh, for low-budget sci-fi, Pierce worked his way up to producing and directing *The Human Duplicators*, *Mutiny* in er- and *Mutiny in Outer Space*, both without credit. Pierce's first directorial-, directorial credit was *Women of the Prehistoric Planet* in 1965, and the non and the non-science fiction *The Las Vegas Hillbillies* in 1966. Um, Pierce also wrote several spy-fi's films, The Human Duplicators, Dimension Five, and The Destructor, both in 1966. Okay, so thank you very much for all that information, Val. As always, you are an overflowing fountain of knowledge. So basically, okay, you you get the you get the gist of you know what time barrier is. Robert Clark is Major William Allison, who I called Captain Squarejaw. Um, Darlene Tompkins is Soup Terrain and then others are just whatever <sighs> I'm going to say that this is a little bit better than it actually is because of my love for the uh, the science fiction um, time travel movies I always do enjoy them very much this one is kind of odd but I think historically all the stuff that comes out of the you know the uh, red scare era is a little odd some of it's a little some of it's fun i mean mostly it has like a very innocent feel to it because uh, i think i don't know personally i think the movies were better back then they were a little bit more innocent they weren't so dark and foreboding and you know the, the heavy although there was always heavy overtones they weren't so, like, CG action-packed, like, beat you over the head with stupidity as they are now. You know, I don't know. I, I like current movies, but I load them at the same time, if that makes sense. I, I just think we, they never break from the mold, and they never have a good story. They're always kind of really cookie-cutter, uh, newer stuff. So the older movies I am I, more fond of. And and this is this one falls into that. Again, I wouldn't suggest that anyone goes out and buys this. Because this is one of those mm, you're gonna watch it once and go, well, what kind of was the point of that? Um a little bit too cheese ball for a for a buy recommendation. But I would suggest that you see it, because my um brief summary definitely leaves a lot of uh, wacky shenanigans out uh there was like the, what the, like the intro when he's when the doctors are sitting there they the his his buddy like you know there's a guy lying there in the in the hospital bed like you know presumably dying but they don't say that you know his friend gets out a cigarette and the doctor like lights it with a zippo you know and he's sitting there in this in his hospital bed smoking a cigarette while everyone else is standing around him listening to him scream cosmic plague cosmic plague and the uh, the use of triangles is just out of control I I can't describe it's like the whoever did the set design he, he woke up and he went to work and they were like what kind of a set are you going to build and he just took a napkin and he drew a triangle on it and he put it in the face of the director and said this this is my vision and the director went hey we have 125000 that includes stars and food and camera so whatever you can build with you know 48 bucks go for it and the set designer looked at his napkin and said i can do that for 48 bucks blam triangle it's madness so that's really cool the stereotypes are stereotype stereotypical and the uh, plot line is Flawed and goofy at best, but it's a fun watch. So I'm going to leave you with the uh, intro from uh, Beyond the Time Barrier, which is Captain Squarejaw laying in the bed, very aged, 64 years older than he was 30 minutes ago after his time travel shenanigans. So enjoy, and thank you once again for listening. I encourage everyone to please go to um bunchofdorks.com and or or find them on find bunchofdorks uh on iTunes and subscribe. That's a very funny podcast. That's at uh show 205, I believe, will be this week. Um if you want to catch up on all my um travel shenanigans, please visit me at kimchiagogo.wordpress.com. And as always, please log on to slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com and give me your comments. I love to read them. They help shape the future. And who knows, maybe I will envision a triangle-filled world for Slow Robot Agogo and... Wow. Okay, this is Mao signing off. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to the next show.
0: She really was dead. The Supreme gave me her ring. He showed me the way out of the Citadel. I got to my plane. Uh, that's all I remember. Thirty minutes later, Allison brought the ship in for an emergency landing. Now, well, the odd thing about it is this. Right after he recorded in at uh, position six, Major Allison is feeling much better. Good. Mr. Secretary, General, as you know, Bill Allison is our leading research pilot here at the test center. We've always considered him fully competent and rational. Dr. Richmond and I have been with him for the past eight hours. Dr. Richmond and I are convinced that he is as mentally sound right now as any normal well-balanced person can be. I suggest we go ahead. Mr. Secretary, General. Mr. Secretary, thank you. How about it, kids? Feel like talking? I'm ready, Co. Now, if you feel like you need more room, just say so. at Amsterdam. He's written papers on new propulsion systems that have astounded the scientific world. Good morning. This is Terena's ring the Supreme gave me.